Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. Hey, what's up, Rockstars? It's Matt Johnson back with another episode of the UX Podcast, and we've got an awesome guest for you today. We're going to talk a little inside baseball, so to speak, on the world of podcasting. And if you're in the listening audience, of course, apparently you listen to podcasts. You might even have your own podcast, and you probably definitely are a guest on podcasts, and you want to know how to leverage them better. We're going to talk about how podcasts actually grow right? So what are the strategies? What's the kind of the quid pro quo arrangement if you want Apple to actually feature your podcast? Uh, Rob makes the statement that basically the new and noteworthy is dead. Uh, If anyone uh, is selling you on the idea that you can get onto the new and noteworthy or that it matters to get onto new and noteworthy, they are selling you something. We talk about why that is. We also talk about what is the key metric Apple is looking at in determining whether your show needs to be featured or even put on the rankings of the top podcast. What's the thing? What's the thing that they're looking at? We talk about that. We talk about the value of interacting with the audience, providing value, making sure that you're having real conversations with people in your audience outside the show. Uh, Rob gives a total ninja tactic for making sure that you come up in search when people are searching for information, not just podcasts, but information on a certain topic. It's ridiculous. We're going to look at uh, incorporating this both for my own shows and for clients. And we talk about some of the new features and developments of podcasting that are going on right now at this time as we record in December of 2018. Pandora has just released the ability to subscribe to podcasts on its platform and there's some other fun things that are coming down the line. So, Without further ado, if you care about podcasting at all in any way, or if you're thinking about running a podcast, of course, that's what we do at my production company, so you can always reach out to me about that. But if you're interested in how shows grow, this is a phenomenal episode to listen to. So let's bring in Rob from Lipson. All right, Rob, officially welcome to the UX Podcast. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, super pumped to talk to you. We've got a lot of stuff to dive into. We'll talk a little bit about the podcasting landscape, um, but we're talking specifically to kind of the folks that are in the B2B space. So uh, I'm curious if, if there's anything, do you feel like uh, that's changed over the last few years in the podcasting space that's really kind of caught your attention? I think the biggest change in the last few years is podcasting has become more ubiquitous where you can find them. I mean, up until a few years ago, it was... Apple Podcasts and iTunes, and don't get me wrong, that's still where the majority of consumption comes, but that was where it was. Now, you've got Spotify, Podcaster and Spotify, iHeartRadio, and last month, Pandora came on board. So, it really is, um, before you would say, hey, go find my podcast on Apple Podcasts, and maybe you'd say Stitcher. Now, you just say, go find my podcast anywhere you listen to audio. You know, it doesn't matter what kind of audio, if you're listening to audio, they have podcasts at that service now. And I think that's a huge change. Yeah, because I said, what do you see that developing into? Because most of the time, there's always some sort of category king of something, right? And iTunes or Apple Podcasts for the longest time has been essentially the category king of podcasting. People just know if I listen to podcasts, I primarily do it on on an Apple service of some kind. So with it being ubiquitous, do you see that? Do you see somebody else rising up and actually challenging iTunes? Or is it just the fact that people that aren't in that ecosystem can find it a little bit easier? 
Well, uh, let's put numbers in perspective just to show you where Apple still is in this ecosystem. Okay. Uh, 62% of our downloads last month were to Apple Podcasts iTunes. Yeah. That's number one. Obviously, everything else is going to be a lot lower. Spotify was number two at 9%. And then Overcast is in there at third at 3%. And there's a few others that come in at 1%, 2%. There's only about eight places where people consume that are above 1%. Yeah. So, no, no one's going to challenge Apple, even at Spotify at, at 9%. Maybe they're going to get to 15%. Um, but Apple may come down to 50% eventually, but it's still the dominant player. Yeah. But the advantage yeah. is when you say to someone, go listen to my podcast you don't have to herd them into Apple Podcasts. If they like Pandora, they can listen there. If they like Spotify, they can listen there. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, what's interesting about Spotify is that all of a sudden they, there was a huge spike and now they're at 9%. I, like, I didn't see that coming. I, in my opinion, I did not see that growing even to that amount because they're known for music. Now, things are changing a little bit. You mentioned that people are thinking more in terms of not separating out as much music from podcasts. It's, it's just kind of getting lumped under the category of audio. And then that's is that kind of, do you feel like it's just going to keep going in that direction? I do. Ironically, Apple's the one that's broken it out more than anyone. Apple, you know, has Apple Podcasts, which used to be, you know, podcasts used to be part of iTunes. Mm -hmm. um, but other services really have, um, you know, incorporated it into their everyday flow. Pandora, it's part of the everyday part of Pandora. It's part of everyday part of Spotify now. And that's important because a lot of millennials, especially on Spotify, live on the Spotify app. Mm -hmm. and, and that's really where we've seen the uptick. Uh, the shows that have done best, are ones whose target audiences are 35 and under. Gotcha. Right. Because that's just where the, the, the medium is exploding, or especially Spotify, which right. makes sense. Okay. Right. Pandora is older than that. Is Pandora, yeah. we don't know the numbers yet. It's brand new. Um, but Pandora's typical demographic is a little bit older than Spotify. So, which is good. Because there's well, a lot yeah, of podcasts. I know. Are, I, I can remember my original Pandora account I set up on a desktop computer at work so I could listen to like, you know, funk infusion instead, like instrumental music while I worked at an office job. That's how long ago <laughs> my Pandora account was set up. The, the good news is you don't have to tell people where to go. You don't have to tell them to install another app. It's mm -hmm. there. And then, and Google Podcasts last year announced, you know, that they, they're added code to Android and, and they're getting that on board. So mm -hmm. there's still a big disparity between iOS and Android. Uh, it's about a five to one ratio of downloads on mobile iOS versus Android, even mm -hmm. though there's a five to one the other way, Android devices to iOS in the world. Yeah. So there's a lot of room for growth yet in podcasting, especially on the Android side. Yeah. Agreed. Now the flip side of the ubiquitous is as it gets more, the easier it is to find and the fact that it's on every platform kind of takes away the uniqueness of any one platform, right? So you don't have Which is one, a good thing. Whoa, which, which is, is a well, really a good, good thing. Yeah. Why is that a good thing? Yeah, I mean, it's good in the fact that as a podcaster, you don't really care where people are listening. You just care that they're listening. And the worst thing is to have one platform with too much power and then nefarious desires. Like if one platform wasn't, you know, if it wasn't Apple, that was the one that was in charge. If it was some other service that lives and dies by advertising revenue, then all of a sudden one day they may say, well, that's it. Now, if you want your podcast to remain on here, you have to accept our ads that we're going to put in your content and we're not going to give you any say on those ads. Yes. Okay. So okay. the way it is right now uh, and, and keeping things just, you know, spread apart, um, 
leaves power back in the hands of podcasters because then a podcaster can say to you know one place if it's three or four percent of their audience it could say you know if you're going to force ads on me i'm just going to yank my content from your service mm-hmm. and then they have to do those services have to decide do they want podcasts or not yeah. uh, so it, it leaves power back in the hands of podcasters still perfect and so the fact that you can go pretty much anywhere and, and get a podcast now, what does that do to how people are finding and discovering new shows to listen to? They're stumbling upon them. That, that's the thing. People will hear from podcasters already that say, you know, the, the listeners say, I was searching for some topic and your show showed up and it wasn't even, you know, I wasn't even looking for a podcast and I'm so glad I found your show on Spotify or I found your show, you know, on and wherever it was that they found it. But it wasn't what they were expecting. A lot of times that happens for the folks that have um, an app for their podcast in the app stores. Uh, so you get, you know, I highly recommend you have an app for your own podcast. Uh, this way, if someone's in an app store, which there are 2 billion people a month downloading apps mm-hmm. uh, plus, um, if they're in the app store and they look for butterfly collecting and you have to have a podcast on butterfly collecting, they see this free app for butterfly collecting and they find your podcast. Um, maybe someone comes in and they're looking for a podcast, uh, or not a podcast, but an app on time management and your podcast talks about time management and they find your podcast and discover you. They may not even know what podcasts are yet. Mm-hmm. So that's having an app is, is really, uh, that's the, one of the things I highly recommend uh, for folks in niche topics. Hmm. That's really, really good. That's, I'm going to have to, I'll come back to that sometime later today and, and digest that. That's really interesting. Uh, okay. So you don't look at it as just another, another ticket in the lottery of, of SEO, essentially. This is not just another way to hopefully get your a little bit more, uh, another billboard for your podcast in front of people. An app is a, a way to get found by people that may not even be looking for podcasts. I, anything else like that that you've noticed? Any other tips and tricks for just putting your podcast in front of more people? Uh, you can advertise your podcast. Uh, there's a few different places where we've seen some success. Overcast probably has had the best success for return on investment. Um, and Marco's uh, app is third out of all of them. And he has a nice little place where you can do banner ads and you can pick the topic and uh, the pricing is really good. Uh, Spotify, again, if your target audience is 35 or under, you, you can advertise on Spotify with audio ads uh, that people will hear. Um, yeah. And then one of the things, again, if you get an app, uh, you can do iAds and you can advertise your app in, in the iOS app store. Um, you can also try to advertise your podcast as a banner ad in other people's apps as well. So um, uh, there, there's that option. That's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, a whole, that's a whole interesting kind of sub, sub-genre world. Okay, uh, let's talk about the, uh, the iTunes rankings a little bit and just kind of where you see those going and, and if they move the, lead, the needle. Should, like, should we as podcasters be paying attention to them, especially, so all the people that I work with are in the super niche business world. You know, we're talking about podcasts where you can, you can dominate an entire niche with 1,500 downloads a month. So should we as, as niche business podcasters, should we care about the rankings and the ratings charts? Okay, so first off, there's the, let me get this one out of the way. There's the new and noteworthy. If anyone tells you that new and noteworthy is worth anything, shoot them because they are trying to rip you off uh, or they don't know what they're talking about. And they're, yeah. But yeah, new and noteworthy is, is the most overrated and bogus thing out there. Um, is so it still not that. being updated or have they yeah, made it's, some, it's never really not, mattered. It it's never, never mattered. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, new and noteworthy on the front page of iTunes. Yeah, if you get featured, that's great, but that's manually done. Apple does that. They manually pick the shows get, that get rated up there. Yeah. Um, 
and, and, and there is no timeline. You can get um, picked any point in time to get featured in new and noteworthy. It's new no. or noteworthy, really. Gotcha. So let's get that out of the way. Per the rankings, Apple has really cracked down on people gaming the rankings because some people figured out, hey, I'm going to hire this company that does Malaysian click farm, and they're going to come in and, and it's clicks. It's a number of new subscribers that moves you up the rankings. So when you look at the, the rankings on iTunes, it's not the total number of subscribers all time. It's the total number of subscribers in the last seven days. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's, a, it's a very dynamic ranking. It's moving all the time. And Apple does that on purpose. Otherwise, the rankings would look very static and it would be boring. So it's just based on new subscribers. So you can't even tell which are the most popular shows. You, all you can tell is which ones had the more new subscribers in the last week. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because they want uh, essentially, it's kind of like a stock market. They want movement. They don't want just consistent average performance. Okay. The So the, the strategy there, like if you're trying to use, I, I think what a lot of people, and I, I'm sure you get this question all the time, what they're looking for is they're looking for Apple to essentially put them in front of traffic for free. That to me, like every every question about the new and noteworthy, every, every question about the rankings, the ratings, what they're really looking for is Apple to do them a favor, essentially, and put them in front of a lot of people without paying. Is that does that seem about? Well, first off, there's right, okay. So, so first off, Apple Podcasts. Let's get this straight. There is no pay for play in Apple Podcasts. Right. Right. There is quid pro quo though, and if you're not out there in social media promoting your Apple iTunes, um, excuse me, they don't like you to call it iTunes. They, they want you to call it the Apple podcast link. If you're okay. not out there promoting the Apple podcast link and you don't have buttons on your, your page that say Apple, listen on Apple podcasts, uh, Apple won't feature you. And if you mm-hmm. request Apple to feature you, they will go through your Twitter stream. They will go through your Facebook posts and they will look to see how many times you actually sent people to Apple podcasts. And mm-hmm. if you're not out there already sending people to Apple podcasts, they're not going to send people to you. Um, so it is a little unofficial quid pro quo, but they definitely look. That's really interesting. Yeah, because I, th- I think about my clients and one of the things that they want to do, if they're smart, is they want to bring people from the podcast to their website, run retargeting at ads, and then put an, an offer for, let's say, coaching or consulting services in front of them. So for the most part, they want to funnel all their podcast listeners through their podcast or their, through their website and then get them into ads. So if they, yeah. So to me, it sounds like it's a little bit of a conflicting goal to want to do that and to try to grow and attract new subscribers on iTunes, because that's a very specific strategy where you almost have to like take every or most of your calls to action, send them to Apple and just like put everything into trying to grow your subscriber base on Apple and then hoping Apple will put you in front of more people for free. Right. Yeah. Apple's not going to do it. Yeah. You have to show Apple that you have been promoting their service for them to promote your podcast. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. And then you have to have a reason for them to promote you on top of that. So now that you've done that, it's still wanting to be promoted. Isn't a reason to be promoted. You have to have a compelling reason that an average person would want to click on a banner for your podcast in Apple podcasts. So if you can't say concisely why Apple should feature you, they're not going to feature you. I mean, um, you know, the, the joke I, I mentioned, butterfly collecting. Let's say you have a podcast on butterfly collecting. And this guy by the name of Tom you know, Noonan is the ultimate authority on butterfly collecting. And you get him as an interview. And you might be ecstatic that you got an interview with Tom Noonan because he is the, the top of the butterfly collecting world. Nobody else in the world cares. No one. Right? Mm-hmm. No one else outside of your niche cares. Mm-hmm. 
Now, if you had found out that Tom Selleck was a butterfly collector and you got an interview with Tom Selleck, that will get you featured. Apple wants to see things that are the average everyday person is going to click on, not people in your niche. And too often, people will hit me up they want because they, I, I can submit for people to get featured in iTunes. And, and they want their show to get featured and they have this great guest and they tell me what a great guest this is. And the person doesn't even have a wiki page, right? Mm-hmm. But in their niche, the person is great. Yeah. And I go back to them, I go, you're not going to get it. And like, what? I'm like, I don't even know who this person is. I have no idea why you, like, this means nothing to me. You're not going to get featured. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Oftentimes, Same general principles as pitching in major news media outlet. Right. Essentially, I treat iTunes like the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, basically. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah. If, if there's not a compelling reason for the everyday person to want to read that story, mm-hmm. they're not going to. And those services know that. And they're not going to feature you. Excellent. So, so besides some of the, uh, the interesting things like having an app for your podcast and things like that, if you have somebody that wants to build a really good niche audience and they, they just want to make it, let's say they want to make it easy for people that are searching for the content that they're putting out to find them. What are just some, some best practices or things that they should be thinking about just to make it easy for the right people to find them? Okay. First off, it takes work, right? <laughs> and, and you have to enter. I think the biggest thing is interacting with your audience. So, The way that shows grow is their audience tells their friends. So if you have a niche podcast, you have to interact with the people in your niche and then they're going to interact with other people in your niche and they're going to spread the word. Um, You're not going to do it all yourself. And if you think you're going to do it all yourself or you're going to pay somebody, some third party to come in and market your podcast and grow your podcast to the top of whatever it is, the the pinnacle, it ain't going to happen. Matter of fact, if you actually talk to the biggest shows out there, they'll all tell you the same thing. They did nothing to promote their show. They let their audience do it. So first and foremost, interact with your audience, have a call-in number for your show, have an email address, answer questions, answer emails. And in the signature, make sure you mention your podcast. Um, Go out and contribute in community forum boards. And contributing in a forum board is not, hey, my latest episode is up, that's spamming. contributing is someone having a question and you answering it. Now answer a few questions and maybe one of those answers might be, here's the answer. And by the way, I covered this on episode 32 of my podcast and there's the link. That's not spamming. That's an, Oh, by the way. But if all your post is in a community is I just released a new episode, da da da. And that's all you ever contribute. You're not contributing. You you're getting, you're annoying. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because what I've seen uh, for a lot of the shows of ours that have grown is they've grown from the show being available and keyworded out on YouTube, which YouTube, for whatever reason, makes it easy for people to stumble across your content than iTunes, unfortunately. Uh, and then uh, Facebook groups. So the people that we know that are clients of ours that are also active in, in let's say, niche Facebook groups for their industry, or uh, one of my clients is active in the company Facebook Workplace for one of the course, that's one of the biggest companies in his niche, right? Because he's part of that franchise organization. So he's in there, not just like reposting or promoting the show, but doing exactly what you talked about, interacting, answering questions. When there's a question that, that is covered by an episode, he'll tell them where to go get it. And hey, I covered this. And But yeah, it's exactly what you mentioned. There's, there's some interesting niche places though, like Facebook Workplace that you might not have thought of and didn't exist two years ago where we could be promoting our podcast, but not by spamming by actually just having real conversations with real people. Yeah. And that's, that's the important thing is you have to offer value out there. And yeah. if you do offer value, people will come around and that goes the same with your podcast. Yeah. Um, you can't expect if you have a 30 minute 
podcast once a week to spend 35 minutes on your show each week and for it to grow. It's not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. Um, you, you have to respect your audience. You have to offer them value. There has to be a reason for them to want to listen to your show. Yeah. Very cool. <clears throat> so, uh, so let's talk about ads for just a quick second. Uh, where do you see any, any interesting developments there in how ads are being inserted into podcasts or best practices? And, and do you see anything changing massively with that, with the ability to kind of in, dynamically insert ads? What we see, you know, the, the, there is always the push for programmatic and remnant inventory, and those CPMs go down, go down, go down, go down. Um, and the host read ads, where the hosts are doing the live read, those CPMs are holding steady or going up. Mm -hmm. So what you're seeing is a gap growing and growing and growing. So a, a host read ad right now for an advertiser, you may get a $45 CPM, and a remnant ad, you may get a 4 to $5 CPM. Oof. So it's a factor of 10 difference. Yeah. Um, so where we see ads, yeah, we see more remnant ads coming in as more and more people repurpose content. It's the only way they can do it. And that actually will drive CPM rates down even more because that repurposed content has less of a, a connection between the audience and the, and the, and the person creating it. Um, so over time, I, I think you'll see more and more of this automatic ad insertion technology being used, but the CPM rates for it going down and down. And you'll continue to see host-read ads becoming more uh, remaining prevalent because the shows where the host does a good ad read will continue to get the higher rates, and you know, 10 times that by the host-read. And they're going to continue to do, I mean, that's where the money Which makes is. sense, right? I mean, podcasting is kind of an authentic or a, a big, a medium that's built on authenticity. So the host-read ads, meaning someone is actually reading the ad live on the air, so to speak, it makes total sense that those would be more effective because that's what the audience wants. They want authenticity. Right. That makes and, sense. And, hmm. and people that don't do good jobs on the host red ads and their audience doesn't connect with them will <laughs> be forced to do the, the ad insertion. Right. And that means you're taking the sh ad insertion going into the shows that weren't performing well anyway, and that drives those CPMs down even more. Yeah. So ultimately what you wind up having is, is, is the host red ads CPMs holding or, or growing in, in value. And the ad insertion ads CPM rates dropping because um, less and less effective shows get those ads. Mm. Interesting. So. Okay. So I've got one final question for you before we get that. What's the best way to kind of reach out, connect with you and to learn more and could just stay on top of kind of what Libsyn is doing out there? Okay. Um, personally, you can email me, Rob, R-O-B as in Robert at Libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. So Rob at Libsyn.com. And you can listen to our podcast. Libsyn has a podcast, The Feed, T-H-E-F-E-E-D, The Feed. No, no crazy spelling, thefeed.libsyn.com. You can find our podcast there or you can search for The Feed, Libsyn, and wherever you listen to podcasts cool. or audio. <laughs> That's <laughs> everywhere. Funny. It's in, Pandora, uh, it's in Spotify. It's everywhere. Exactly. Uh, and you mentioned something really key there, by the way. No weird spellings, right? right. It's an audio medium. Don't give somebody a call to action that only makes sense visually. That's, that's a pet peeve of mine. It sounds like it is for you too. Okay. Oh, yeah. Final I, question. I, what are you excited about that Libsyn is up to right now or will be up to shortly? Again, I, I think, well, one of the things we just rolled out was a new feature. And, and this is for people that want to measure call to actions and things like that. You can actually take your URL. And if you have a guest or an interview, you come on your show and you can give them a custom URL for your, for your direct URL for the file and a custom URL that goes in a tracking code that goes in the embeddable player. So you have a guest, they come on your show. Now you can give them a, a URL for the file and an embed code for the player. 
that you can then track to see if that guest brought you listens. Mm. Um, because there's a lot of a lot of these people you, you want to know, like, okay, which you know which kind of guest was the one that brought traffic to my show? Do I want to have that person back or not? Um, there's a lot of services popping up pitching guests out there, and some of those guests um, aren't the best. And they'll or they'll tell you, oh yeah, we'll promote your show, and then they don't do that, or they overpromise. So you, you get a better feel of of how those guests are. Um, you can also use those URLs in other places. If you go out mentioning in in um, advertising, you can track uh, direct plays back on your your show if you did an embedded ad on somebody's site, um, things like that. Or if you go on get your podcast promoted on another podcast that's similar, you can give them a URL and you can track that. So that's one of the things we see. Um, the other, again, it, it is just Pandora. I think Pandora now launching, I think, is going to be big for this year. Um, 70 million people in the U.S., uh, over 70 million each month use Pandora. So I think for 2019, how Pandora plays out will be really interesting. Are they going to be a 2%, 3%, 5% player by the end of the year? Um, and, 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 we'll and are they actually to, new uh, users? Like, are we reaching a new audience of people that aren't listening or are we just, you know, it doesn't just cannibalize a couple percentage points from Apple podcasts. Right. And, and we, we could tell you on Spotify side, um, it wasn't, it was incremental growth. And we think on Pandora it will be incremental growth as well. Yeah. Not, not, um, true can, not, you know, all cannibalization. Now, obviously there's a little bit of Spotify was cannibalization, but when we actually look at the numbers, because there's actually more listeners on Android than there were on iOS on, on Spotify side, we know it was incremental growth, not, not, uh, not right. so they pulled, yeah. So they pulled some new people in that weren't listening to Apple podcasts anyway. They, right. they were on it, I, it wasn't it, yeah. and Spotify just came along and made it easier than Google mm -hmm. did with their own podcast service, basically. Right. Yeah. Gotta love that. All right, Rob, this has been a fun conversation. I appreciate it. And, and I'm uh, glad to hear that some of the things kind of confirmed, but then you gave us some really good tactical ideas that I think we can take away and, and might incorporate into our podcast service, which is awesome. And then people should definitely check out the, uh, the podcast and kind of just stay up to date with all the cool things you guys are up to and covering the podcast industry in general. So I appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on. I appreciate yeah. it. And uh, again, folks, reach out to me if you have any other questions. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. That is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX podcast where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine, and we'll see you on the next episode.